Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Father, we need you. share something. This is how much God loves you. If you I, I, I just can't help but feel there are people that feel like God does not care about the details of their life. That couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. God cares about every detail of your existence. He formed you. He knit you together. He placed you on this rock for a purpose. And man, I'm just going to be honest. Before service today, I was sitting right there as Phil and Ben were going through this worship set and I just felt like God wanted to do something today. And he said, someone in this section is going to need a word. And I thought, that's weird. And then I just kept wrestling. So that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, this is me being obedient. And I'm not going to share the details. But I walked back there. I said, this is what I feel. Am I right? And they said, you're spot on. That's how much God cares before they ever stepped into service today at 7, 7.40 in the morning before you guys, some of you guys might not even be out of bed. I don't even know if you guys were out of bed at 7.40. God was thinking about you. God was thinking about you. And it's that trust, what an appropriate song set of songs to sing as we celebrate Jesus this morning that every detail every detail he cares about I guarantee you if I ask you today every one of us has something else that we need to give to God that we're having a hard time trusting him with God I don't know how tomorrow's going to look type of things I don't know how I'm going to make it through the season without type of things. But let me tell you, God cares and he has not stopped looking at you. He hasn't stopped stepping into your life. He hasn't stopped stepping into your situation. He hasn't stopped making a way for you. He hasn't stopped that. Because he cares for you. He loves you. Just so sweet to trust in Jesus. You know, Ben and I, we never go over songs. Every now and then I say, Ben, I think this would be a really good song to sing because this is what I'm talking about. I tell him what I'm going to talk about, but we never go over songs. But this morning I got up and as I was getting ready, I was singing, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I can't help but think about the coordination of the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? I don't walk around singing hymns a lot. 
It's normally Hillsong, Jesus Culture, Lecrae, something like that. And I can't even rap, so I'm not even good at singing Lecrae. But I think that some people here today need to make up in their mind, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust him with the outcomes because some people here today are having a hard time giving up control. You're, you're trying to control things that you can't control the outcome of. That is idiocracy. That's insanity. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus because he sees every detail of your life. He cares for every detail of your life. This is just a microism. What just happened right there? God's saying to every one of you, I see you, I care for you, I know what you're going through, I know every physical disability, I know every financial instability, I know every emotional hiccup, I know every relational problem that you have in your life, and I'm not blind to them. Trust me that I am moving, trust me that I am working, trust me that I'm moving. Father, I just thank you for your, for your goodness, for your mighty coordination. Lord, there are people that are wrestling with uncertainty and they're trying to control an outcome that they have no, they have no business controlling because they're not you. But Lord, I pray right now for overwhelming, overwhelming faith to impact your people today, to trust you to trust you and to follow you, to walk with you in your mighty name. I pray that people will be encouraged. I pray that people will walk out of here with the sense of, man, God's got this. I'm not gonna lose any more sleep over it. I'm not gonna let it rob me of any more peace. I'm not gonna let it steal my joy anymore because God's got this. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God is so good. Amen. Man, he's faithful. I, I, I will never get sick of saying that because it's truth. And the cool thing about truth is truth doesn't care whether it's wrong or not. You know? And uh, today we're going to well, truth is never wrong. Truth doesn't care if you're wrong. <laughs> um, today we're going to continue in our series called uh, How To. And we're going through the book of James. And it's a really, James, like I said last week, James is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. It, it houses my favorite scripture in the Bible, which is what we covered last week. Consider it pure joy. Dupomone, it's, it's perseverance and endurance. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And we launched in with that because that's what James launched in with. That was verses two through four. And today we're actually going to pick up right where those verses left off because he sandwiches, he sandwiches the verses that we're going to talk about today between um, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds and blessed 
is he who perseveres through trial and temptation. And I feel like there's no, um, there's no coincidence that he sandwiches these verses that we're looking at today between blessed is he who perseveres and consider it pure joy when you face trial because it develops perseverance. And the verses that we're going to be looking at are, I guarantee you, if you've spent any time in church or if you've been prayed over about any decision that you've ever made, that I, I guarantee you that every one of us have heard this. Um, like, how many of you guys have ever had a prayer request like this? Lord, I need wisdom. Right? Yeah. Like, I need wisdom to face this, um, this issue. Or, or, you know, you're going through something and you're like, I don't know what decision to make. You'll, you'll have that, that, that churchy Christian friend, which is good advice. This is good advice. I'm not, I'm not dogging this advice. It's, well, just ask God for wisdom. The Bible says that he'll give it gladly, which is absolutely true, right? Like, I know I've given that advice. How many of you guys have ever given that advice? Just ask God for wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And he'll do it. Well, there's a little more to this scripture than, than that. And we so often fall, when we, when we just look at one scripture, and if you guys are, have been around me for any length of time, I always like to contextualize. That means I, I like to give the context of what comes before and what comes after a scripture to give a better understanding of the whole thing instead of just one snapshot of a scripture. Because if we do snapshots, it's real easy to make the Bible say what we want it to say. But the reality is, the Word of God doesn't need my help to say what has already said. It's written by God. I'm a faulty person. So my goal is to, to convey it the best to my ability so we can all walk out of here with a better understanding and be more like Jesus and be the church of the living God. So today we're going to be looking at James chapter 1, 5 through 12. Let's, let's look at it. He says, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That is encouraging. That is encouraging because I, I know this. I need wisdom. And everyone says, yeah. You didn't have to agree so quickly, though. Come on. <laughs> no, but I need wisdom. And guess what? You need Yeah. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Which is interesting. That's kind of an interesting uh, follow-up scripture to ask for wisdom. Don't you think? Because when you think about what wisdom is, so maybe there's something more here that we're missing. Such people should not expect to receive anything from God. Oh, we never, we never throw that part in when we tell people to ask for wisdom. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor 
have something to boast about. For God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. And the hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. What a wide variety of scripture. That is very interesting. And he, he's about to jump in to say God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt. And it's this whole narrative of trusting God through trial. And so what we're going to try to do is answer this. How to walk in wisdom. The how to walk in wisdom. I think that this is a question that we all need for life. This is a question that we need to ask ourselves on a daily basis. Am I walking out the best decision? Now, when you think about wisdom, we probably all have a similar definition of it. So what I've always heard wisdom is, like knowledge is kind of like book knowledge. You can, you can know how to change a tire. You can know step by step, 1 through 20, how to change a tire. Wisdom is taking that knowledge and applying it to life. So when you get a flat tire, you don't just have the head knowledge to change it. You get out and apply it. That's what I've always been taught what wisdom is. But um, in the world, wisdom is the best course of action to take. So in order to walk in wisdom, we gotta, we got to answer what is wisdom. And we, we don't just need to walk in any wisdom to make it through this life as a believer. Because I guarantee you that people who invest a lot of money, they have a certain wisdom about them and how to invest People who are construction workers, they have a certain wisdom about them and as, as how to build houses. But we all have a different wisdom, and there's different types of wisdom. But we don't need types of wisdom to walk through this life as a believer. We need God's wisdom. And there is a big difference because the Bible teaches that God... Um, God, God makes the wise man look foolish, but yet he makes the foolish person look wise. You know, like when, when we trust in God and walk out God's wisdom, it doesn't make sense. In fact, when, the, when Peter and John were speaking before the Sanhedrin and they're, they're looking really educated and everything, the, the, the Pharisees were commenting in their defense. They're like, man, these uneducated, how are they speaking so well when they're fools, the word that there is, is uh, for the, the original meaning is like idiot. And yet they're speaking so well because they're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and they're living out God's wisdom. So what is wisdom? Wisdom signifies in general knowledge of the best end and the best means of attaining it. So that is really the world's definition of what wisdom is. And that's a good definition. I'm not saying that we don't need wisdom like that, 
But in scripture, it signifies the same as true religion. The thorough practical knowledge of God. It's almost like an oxymoron, a thorough practical. Like, it's so, God's wisdom is practical. You don't need to have a seminary degree to walk out God's wisdom. It's practical. It's, you could put this into practice of God, of oneself, and of a Savior, and, and of Jesus, obviously. That's Clark's commentary. Now, if you've ever heard of Clark's commentary, he was, a, he was a British theologian that lived in the late 1800s into the, or in the late 1700s into the 1800s, and he's way smarter than me. And as I was reading up on him, looking at this, I was trying to gain wisdom and to conveying it, and I thought, that's so true, because when you look at the wisdom of God, it so often contrasts the wisdom of this world. And it should, because God turns everything upside down in his kingdom. He says, pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. That's not wisdom to the world. In fact, if you look at Jesus' ministry, you would think that he's a horrible leader because he turned away the multitudes, and, yet he, and then he ended up getting killed for what he said, but yet he had the most successful ministry because he was walking out God's wisdom instead of worldly wisdom. He wasn't interested in looking good to men. And God's wisdom isn't. So with that, with that understanding, we're going to look at the word that is found in the Greek used for wisdom. And the word is Sophia. So if you're, you're, you have a name, Sophia, or, or anything, that's a beautiful name. It's a Greek word. But it literally means... It, so when... When James wrote this, he said, if any of you lack Sophia, ask God and he will give you. So this is what Sophia means in the context of the scripture we're looking at. The highest intellectual gift of comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Practical wisdom, that endowment of heart and mind which is needed for the right conduct of life. So a better reading in light of what we just learned of what's in Scripture, the word Sophia there, that, that's, what, that's what James used. A better understanding of maybe a, of, of a way to grasp this, if, if any of you lack knowledge of how to live out this life for God, Ask, and God will help you. If any of you need help living this life for Jesus through trial and temptation, ask, and God will help you. Because God's wisdom, biblically, is walking out this practical knowledge of the ways and purposes of God. That is God's wisdom. So when we ask for wisdom, God's, sometimes I ask for wisdom because I want to be smarter, you know? But God's wisdom is to help us walk out the ways and purposes of God. We need to understand that. So when we're asking for wisdom, that puts context around 
God, I need, you. I need wisdom right now. So what we're truly asking for is, God, I need your help in this situation to walk out the ways and purposes of God. That changes. That, that, the way we look at that scripture. Because sometimes I know, I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I know when I've asked for wisdom before, it was like, I just need God to endow me with like, I just need to know the right choice and all this stuff. But, but that, that, yes, but that kind of cheapens it. When we ask for God's wisdom, we're asking, God, I need you to help me make the decision the best decision possible that would allow me to walk out your ways and purposes in this life right now. Because as a Christian, that should be the first priority. So now that we've established what is wisdom, we need to establish how to get wisdom. James straight out comes and says it. James straight out comes and says how to get wisdom. He says, so we get wisdom by asking. Praise God. He did not complicate this. Amen? Because I, I, know, I know that I need God's wisdom in everything. That should be the first priority. Every decision I make, I want it to be in the ways and purposes of God. My citizenship is first in heaven. I'm, I'm first a son of God before I'm a husband or a father. And, and the cool thing is when we walk out God's wisdom, it's going to help me be a better husband and a better father and a better pastor. But James says, ask and God will graciously give it to you. But then he says, when you ask, ask, you better have your faith in God alone and not have divided loyalty. Now that, you under, now that we understand what wisdom is, is to, to this practical walking out of the ways and purposes of God, that makes a lot more sense. Like, If we're asking God to help us walk out the ways and purposes of God, and yet we don't have faith in God alone, God is not going to give us his wisdom. Because we're also, that means we're putting faith in ourselves, we're putting faith in other people, we're putting faith in, in other things other than God. Sometimes we, we, we ask God to give us wisdom, and there's nothing wrong with asking for godly advice, don't get me wrong, but then we, we go to different people to re to recruit their opinion to align with our own opinion so we can be justified in making the wrong decision. Instead of saying, knowing what the right decision is because, you know, it helps us walk out the, the ways and the purposes of God, and just doing that. It's not necessarily easy to walk out God's wisdom but it is simple. Simple does not mean easy. And James puts this little caveat on it. This little, ask and God will give it, but you better have faith in God alone 
and your loyalty better not be divided. Because such a person can expect to receive nothing from God. If you feel like you've been asking for God's wisdom, you've been praying, you've been asking God to move in your life, and yet you have divided loyalty between God and opinion, God and yourself, that you're not making him Lord, because a lot of us are satisfied with Jesus being Savior. That's not enough. He has to be Lord and Savior. Because when he's Savior, oh, he saved me in my sins, praise God. But a Lord gets to direct. A Lord gets to say, don't do that. We don't want that part of the relationship. We just want to be saved from our sins. But God's wisdom, if we're asking for it, it helps us make him Lord. It helps us make him Lord. How do we get it? We submit ourselves solely to him. No divided loyalty here. No, 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 I'm in, but I'm not in. I'm in, but, yeah. God, I need your wisdom right now. No, no, God's wisdom is not just for a moment of your life. God's wisdom is to help you. Every single decision that you make. I'm not saying that when you get up in the morning and you're trying to decide what clothes to wear and you're like, God, what should I wear today? You can if you want. I, I, I don't know. God might, my, God might tell you to wear something. I had a professor in college that he went to get dressed in, and for some reason he just had this purple shirt. He, he hates purple. Hates purple. And he just... He couldn't get this purple shirt that like his kids got him for Christmas out of his head. And he's like, why can't I get that out of my head? So he just ignored it and he went to get dressed. But um, the Lord's like, no, I want, I finally just wear the purple shirt. He went and like, he, I actually don't remember what color it was, but it was a specific shirt that he was supposed to wear. And he put it on and he was like, whatever. And he went through and there's nothing wrong with, purple. I, I honestly don't remember what color, but it was that specific shirt. And um, he went through his morning routine. He went to, I think it was a McDonald's on Kansas Expressway on the way to um, CBC. And he was sitting in his normal booth, drinking his normal coffee, eating his normal hash brown, all that stuff before he was about to go teach. And it was like six o'clock in the morning, 630 in the morning. And this guy walks in and sits across from him in the table. And, uh, and he was like, drops the news, like, hello? <laughs> like, like, you know, normally he's like, I'm normally like one of three people in the McDonald's that early, you know? Was, and he's like, you have a word for me from God. He's like, I told God that if he wants, you know, like, you know, it was like, I told God that there better be someone sitting in this booth in this particular color shirt and that he, he was going to meet with me. And then the guy ended up giving his heart to Jesus, you know? Like, that's how cool God is. But that's wisdom, walking in the ways and the knowledge of God. That's like God cares about that. That's the Holy Spirit leading us. It's every area of our life. It's not just when it comes to making decisions. It's not just when it comes. It's everything. We need wisdom, God's wisdom for everything. And we get it by asking. And I, I love it. When not only does 
God tell us how to get wisdom, to align ourselves with the ways and purposes of God, but then he turns around and gives us multiple examples in Scripture of what it looks like to do that very thing. Because when I say ask God for wisdom, I, I guarantee you probably the majority of us kind of have an idea of what that looks like. It's literally, God, I need your wisdom right now. I, like, we, I, I always, I need to quit saying right now in that prayer because I, need, I just need God's wisdom, period, all the time. But I, I constantly ask God, Lord, I need wisdom, favor, anointing, and discernment. I ask God that all the time. It's prayer. It's simple. But Jesus modeled something. And I'm, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to read a series of several scriptures here. Like, there's more. I cut it down. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus modeled what it looked like. Now, we only get a few accounts of what Jesus actually said in his prayer life. In the Last Supper, we get to read a very extensive, through John's Gospel, what Jesus prayed. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we get to see what Jesus prayed. On the cross, we get to hear what Jesus prayed. But throughout Jesus' ministry, from when we know what he says in prayer, I can't help but, and it's dangerous to assume... It makes a donkey out of you and me. Um, you guys will get that here in a second. But I can't help but assume that this was a, a regular thing for Jesus. In Mark 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place, a lonely place where he prayed. That We don't know what he prayed, but we do know this, that Peter... The stalker, I mean, the apostle, came and found Jesus, and he said, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. And the apostles showed up, and he's like, all right, let's go to all the surrounding towns where I can preach and where I can heal their sick and cast out demons. So after his alone time with God, he received direction in the ways and purposes of God. Guess what Jesus came to do? He came to set the people free. He came to save us from our sin. He came to establish the gospel. That's the purposes of God. That's Mark 135. Luke 6, 12. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, and he prayed all night. Now, we have a hard time getting five, six minutes in consecutive prayer. We get through all our prayer requests. We get through what we think is an eternity in worship, and we're like... Thank you, Jesus. And we look up, and it's like been 10 minutes. And you're like, whoa. Think about it. Jesus prayed all night. He wrestled. He asked God for wisdom. You know why I know he asked God for wisdom? Because the very next morning, he called his 12 apostles out of his, out of his followers. He was asking God who to call. Who am I supposed to name? The ways and purposes of God. Mark, well, we just read that. Mark 135. Luke 5, 6, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. This was a habit. Mark 6, 46. After telling everyone goodbye, this is after he fed the multitudes, Jesus went up into the hills to pray by himself. And then after he, that, he went and walked on water. And he went across the sea. I mean, like, 
Things happen when we pray. There's that. But not just that, but as we are asking God for wisdom, God's going to direct us what to do in the ways and purposes of God. Then in Matthew 26, 39, we get this amazing prayer. I think it shows the humanity of Jesus so well, yet shows his submission to the ways and purposes of God so perfectly. And that scripture, it says, he went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet I want your will done, not mine. That's, it's not even stretching to say God that Jesus is praying, God, I want your ways and purposes to play out in my life over my ways and purposes. That's Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, asking God for wisdom, leading up to the cross, moments before he is getting arrested. It's Jesus subjecting himself to the ways and purposes of God. Well, that must have been easy for Jesus to do. He was God. He not was God, he is God. But when he was on earth, he subjected him, he subjected himself to his flesh. That means he laid his deity aside from the moment he was conceived to the moment he rose again. He did everything on earth as a man led through the power of the Holy Spirit. Every single thing on earth. Every miracle was him being led by the Holy Spirit. And then that's why he says, it's good that I go, that I can send a helper. And, and, and he turns around and tells his disciples not only that they will do greater works than him. That doesn't make sense unless you understand that God's power that is at work in Christ is going to be at work in us. Then it starts to make sense. Jesus, though he listened to the Holy Spirit perfectly, we struggle to be obedient. <laughs> There's the difference. But with that said, he was a man led by the Holy Spirit while he was on earth. He still had his deity, but he did not choose to operate in it. He subjected himself to death. This is what Paul teaches in Philippians. He tells us to be like Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame. Like, he says, like, though, though he could be equal with God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Yet he made himself a slave. He's talking about Jesus making himself human. He subjected himself to the cross, to slavery in humanity. That means he got cut. That means his muscles got sore. That means he stubbed his toe. That means when he was a baby, he got cold. He had to eat. Like, 
Jesus, when he was on earth, for the first time in his life, he needed something. In the first time in his existence, which is forever to forever, he needed while he was on earth. So Jesus himself modeled this discipline called prayer and asking God for wisdom so that he could walk out the ways and purposes of God. So when we talk about wisdom, James is telling us, if you need wisdom, ask, and God will give it. But it's submission to God to get it. We can't get it unless we're submitted. The reason why Jesus was able to so perfectly walk in wisdom is because he was fully submitted to God. James says a person with divided loyalty can expect to receive nothing from God. With that said, what, what does it look like for us? Because we, we, we kind of set terms on it. We, we want God to do things our way, right? When we, when we ask for something, we want God to show up on our time and our way, and that's not how it works. And the most practical example I could think of is my daughter. So she loves to play with me, and I love to play with her. And we'll play coffee time. We don't do tea time in the Tatham household. We do coffee time. Even if it's pretend, I'm not going to drink tea. I'm just joking. But we'll, we'll, we'll get our little tea coffee cups out, and, um, and uh, she'll take and she'll tell me what to do. And... Um, She'll say, Daddy, can you play with me? She'll ask. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like God, God, give me wisdom. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely, I want to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you practical knowledge of my ways and purposes. Absolutely. My daughter says, Daddy, can you play? Absolutely. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. Let's play chase. Let's play wrestle. Let's play coffee time. Whatever you want to play. So I'll start playing with her. And she goes, no, Dad, you have to hold the coffee cup like this. I'm like, Sky, you're asking me to play with you, so let Daddy hold it how I want to hold it. That's not how I hold a coffee cup. No, Daddy, you have to do it like this. Or another example, I'll get home, and often my kids, when they, when they hear the garage door open or they hear the door, I can hear them scatter, and then I'll hear out of, out of, no, out of, out of like behind the door to our pantry or under the table, which I can clearly see them, this guy will go, Mommy, ask Daddy if he took me to work with him. And so I'm walking in, putting all my stuff down, hearing it the whole time, okay? And then I'll hear Amy do her part in this whole charade, um, charade. And she'll, Ryan, did you uh, take Sky and Peyton with you to work? And I'll go, oh, no, I thought they were here with you all day. I'm going to have to go back to work to get them. And at that point, my kids will jump out from wherever they're clearly hiding, and they'll scare me. One time they were hiding from me, and we're playing hide-and-go-seek, and the sun was behind them through a sliding glass door, and the curtains were in front of them. So you could literally just see, <laughs> you could see the dark outline. <laughs> I, I, I love it. But, and they'll, they'll, They'll jump out and scare me and go, 
roar! And, and to which I go, ah! And then she'll go, Daddy, you weren't scared enough. I'm like, number one, I didn't know I was auditioning for anything. I, like, you know, like, am I trying out for a horror movie or what? I mean, like, she's like, all right, take it from the top, guys. And no, she's like, Daddy, you got to be more scared than that. Mommy, can you ask him again? She'll literally go hide in the same exact spot. Amy will go through her thing, and then I'll go through my thing, and she'll jump out. And then I'll go, ah! She'll, Daddy, you weren't scared enough. And to which I say, sis, listen. I can't get any more scared than that. That's it. Like, that's the excitement. I jumped. I put my scary scared face on, I threw my hands up, like, sis, you can't dictate to me how to play in this moment. And she's like, fine, it'll, it'll work. And then she'll walk off. But Peyton, he's, he's cool, he'll just walk up and headbutt me. So <laughs> he, he got the approval. But I can't help but think, though, that's kind of what we do to God. God, I need your wisdom. God, I, I really need you to move. We want God's wisdom. Like, I prayed with a guy the other day, like, I really need help finding a job or whatever. And he had some applications. I prayed for him. Like, that, that's a big thing. You know, we need God's wisdom for that, but we need God, God's wisdom for everything. And so what, I, what I'm saying is, like, we'll say, God, I need your wisdom for, say, a job, but then we'll throw out God's wisdom when it comes to employment, or not employment, when it comes to relationships. So we'll ask for God's wisdom of where to work, but we'll throw out God's wisdom in who to go into an emotional relationship with. Well, like, they're, 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 they're cute, God. They're hot. So is hell. But we do that. We'll say, God, we want God's wisdom. Like, this is, this is really smart to ask for God's wisdom in. God, I need your wisdom stepping into this sticky conversation. Because how many of you guys know conversations can get sticky? And, or, or conversations can get brutal. And we'll ask for God knowing that there might be tension coming up in this conversation. God, give me wisdom in how to handle it. But then we throw wisdom out the door when it comes to politics. God's wisdom. Remember, Sophia is practical knowledge of how to walk out the ways and purposes of God. And we kind of separate our relationship. So I'm not saying everyone does, but a lot of people will separate the relationship from their political views. The reality is God has to be Lord of all, period. And I'm not going to ever tell people how to vote. That's not my place. I can tell you this, though, that I vote not based on who has the best agenda for our country. I vote on who aligns with the biblical principles of what God has lined out in his word. Period. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican or Independent. 
if they have the best principles that line up with the word of God and what God is excited for, what God says, then that's how I vote. There are certain things that God is passionate about. And he doesn't compromise. And, and the reality is we have a lot of churches letting, and I'm going to get it on a soapbox for a moment, just going to step right here. But we have a lot of churches letting culture define what God says is okay. But the reality is God said what's okay in his word. And so his word is never defined by culture because there's not a, there is not an objective morality. It's God's morality. So there are things that God's passionate about. Life, the nuclear family, marriage, that I'm not going to back down on, on how God views that. I love every single person, and I will always point them to Jesus, and I will always tell them Jesus loves them, which because that's truth. But the, the reality is, if we're asking God for wisdom, then we got to let wisdom, his wisdom, his ways and purposes dictate everything. Everything. I don't care if you voted a certain way because your great-granddad voted a certain way. The reality is, let's ask, God, who best honors what you honor? Who best supports? Because this is a, a very... Moment. There, there's an election coming up, and we as a church, we've got to pray about this. We need to ask God for his wisdom, not only for our nation, but for the world. Because of the freedom of religion that we have in this nation, we have been able, just in the assemblies of God alone, and from 1914 to, to 2020, when, when we were formed in Hot Springs, Arkansas, we we set forth, I'm not, I'm like, it's a bigger picture than just one denomination, but I know the statistics from one denomination. We're almost 100 million worldwide from, like, just over 200 in just over 100 years. Because we set out to become the greatest missionary movement the world has ever seen to deliver the gospel. It's not about denomination. I'm just saying that's the results of one denomination. When we submit ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit and to the work of the gospel through the work of the Holy Spirit. With that said, because we have freedom of religion in this nation, we have been able to send out and send out and send out and send out people all over the world, not just in the assemblies of God, but every denomination has, uh, that, that believes the Bible has been able to make a global impact through what's happening here. And, and, and I can get into how we've almost forgot about our neighbor in that process, but it's because of our freedom of religion we're able to do that. So we got to pray about this stuff in order to be able to continue to further the kingdom because God cares. What does God care about? What does God care about? We ask for God's wisdom. We want God's wisdom when, when buying a car. Lord... Should I get a Dodge or a Ford? He said, no, get a Toyota. I'm just joking. Sorry, I have a lot of Ford jokes. Um, I, I would have Dodge jokes, but they're not worthy. Oh, that's sad. Stop it, Ryan. But we throw it out the door when it comes to living in a budget. 
We ask for God's wisdom when it comes to making big decisions. But we don't apply it and walk in on our day to day. We almost think that it's a, we only need God's wisdom when we're about to do something big. Like, oh God, I got a big decision tomorrow. I need your wisdom. Yes, that is true. But guess what? If you don't need, if you're not making a big decision tomorrow, you need God's wisdom. You, you need it. And that's what James is getting at. Because God's wisdom will direct our walk with him. If you're saying, I don't feel close to God, well, number one, your, your, your relationship with God is not based on, your, on how you feel. If that's the case, that's a horrible place to be. We don't base our relationship on how we feel in a moment. Feelings can be deceiving. We base our relationship on the truth of God's word. If you confess Christ, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is, con- the new, the, 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 the old is gone, the new has come. Like you are a new creation, period. You died with Christ on the cross, is what the Bible says. So you're new. That's, it's done and over with. You're in a relationship. We don't base... But, but when it comes to walking out God's, God's wisdom, you, you say, I, I just don't... I feel like... I feel like I'm not having intimacy. I would ask that are you fully submitted? Is your loyalty divided, as James said? And I'm not saying that's a telltale sign. Sometimes you don't feel an intimacy with God because God's wanting you to press in. He didn't walk away, but life seems to callous us, and we need to constantly press in. And God's always saying, just press into me. And James, later we're going to read that when we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And so we got to constantly press in. But that said, when I was, when I was a young adults pastor in Arkansas before Amy and I were dating, I was leading a young adults uh, Bible study in a home. And we were talking about a very myriad of different things and just how to walk out. And the young adults, they were, um, they, they were saying, I want to honor God, which is a wise thing to do, FYI. I want to honor God. But there is this disconnect in their understanding because when it came to sex... They couldn't understand that sex outside of marriage does not honor God. So you, you can't have it both ways. That's divided loyalty. So I was trying to teach them, being a young adult myself, they could not understand that I was saving myself from marriage, and yet they were saying, how can you do that? How do you know if you're compatible with someone. And I straight told them, I said, I don't need to know, a, I don't need to drive a sports car to know it's fast. I don't need to, I don't need to, to uh, drive a truck to know it can haul wood. That's probably horribly over simplifying it. But the reality is compatibility has less than 1%. Like, it's like the, the death ratio to uh, COVID-19. Less than 1% of 
has anything to do with physicality. And, and I was trying to explain that the very thing that you're struggling with isn't a matter of whether you want to have sex outside of the covenant of marriage. It's a matter of your willingness to submit yourself to God. Because that right there is a gift for the believer and is a gift for marriage. But you can't honor God when you're, when, you're, when you're not willing to submit to what he says. You can't walk in wisdom and have it your way. So how to walk in wisdom? How to walk in wisdom? Well, we've established that wisdom is practical knowledge, Sophia, that word used in James, is practical knowledge of how to walk out the ways and purposes of God. How to get knowledge, we ask. We ask for it. And God graciously gives it to us. But James puts this in. He says, when you ask, Put your faith in God alone. Because divided, because a person with divided loyalty is unstable in all they do and they can expect to receive nothing from God. We can't have it our way in God's way. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's Lord of none. I heard the other day, a partial truth is a total lie. And I wouldn't be doing you any favors if I just told you a partial truth. The reality is we need God's wisdom and we get it by asking and making Jesus Lord of all. And so what I want to do today in response I can't help but think that there are people in here that need God's wisdom to play out in different areas of their life. Maybe every area of your life is just a wreck right now and you need God's wisdom. It's practical knowledge and walking out the ways and purposes of God. And that might be scary because in order to do that, you have to give up a seat. That seat, it's called your heart. And you gotta let Jesus sit on the throne that only he has the rights to. A person with divided loyalty is a person that puts their opinion on par with God's. That likes to say, Jesus, can you scoot over a little bit? I wanna, I just wanna try to one cheek it, okay? No, Jesus gets to sit on the throne and you get to bow at his feet. But when you understand the peace that comes from that, that you know his decisions are always better than your decisions. The way he works things out is always better than the way you could work it out. What he wants is always better than what you want. Knowing that he always works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When you understand that, it's not so hard to get down and say, God, I need your wisdom. But more than that, I need you to be Lord. 
and as you make God Lord. Proverbs tells us the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. As you make God Lord and understand his role in your life, he's on the throne. And we get the privilege of bowing at his feet. There's a peace. Those that are suffering from anxiety today, I don't think it's a matter of, there, there might be some medical things going on, but I think a lot of what we go through in life, it's really a matter of our posture before God. I think a lot of the depression, anxiety, even health, your, your health might change, but how you your health might not change, but how you walk out that season can, your perspective can, because the rea- reality is this should be our perspective, the feet of Jesus. And when we have the right posture in relationship with Jesus, this is wisdom. We let him be God, because guess what? You're not, and I'm not. And what we're going to do today in response to this If you need God to move and give you wisdom today, I'm going to ask you to get in the right posture. I once heard, I once heard that this posture right here before God is called the posture of possibility. Because when we submit ourselves to God and his wisdom, there's no end to the possibilities that can come out of that. prayer today I'm going to be up here Amy's going to be up here we want to pray with you but I think there's going to be some people that just need to turn around and bow at their seat and if you can't bow on your seat just kneel down at your seat and I can't help but think there's going to be some people that are going to come up here maybe just find a different place to bow the altars are open if you're here today and You say, I've never submitted my life to Jesus. I've never made him Lord. That's the first step to gaining wisdom. That's the first step of the rest of your life. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to be up here and I would love to make the introduction because Jesus loves you and he cares for you and he wants to meet you. But as Pastor Ben leads us, respond how the Holy Spirit's leading you to respond. I could tell you how to respond, but I want us to listen. I want us to listen. God, what are you saying? That's wisdom and practice. The ways and purposes of God. You might, you might hear something like, you know what? I just need to go pray for that person. Subject yourself to God, God's wisdom because you might have the very words that they needed to hear. But let's respond how God wants us to.